It was one of those old houses you see from time to time, standing off the road, across the field, out toward the country, the roof mostly gone, windows sagging and empty, peering at you over a half-rotted porch as you drive by. It's hard to believe that anyone had ever lived there, but according to my great-grandfather, it was the house he was born in. His excitement grew as we pulled onto the bare dirt track that led to the house. The car was still rolling when out he popped and was moving as fast as his cane would let him up the stairs and through the black hole that served as a door. Following as fast as we could, we too crossed the threshold and came to a sudden and abrupt halt, like hitting an unseen wall. In the gray light filtering through the dust, we could see the back of an old wingback chair, grimy and tattered, facing toward the fireplace on the far wall of the room. There was no sign of great-granddad. Try as we might, we could not move forward. A voice seemed to come from the depths of the wingback chair. Don't worry, you'll have him back safe and sound. But first, you must listen to my weird wonder stories from a time long ago. When I'm done, just step back and leave. Great-grandfather will be found sleeping in the car. And we did. Here are two stories that should make you think twice the next time you eat or drink. Hooch by William Sanford I had committed murder. In a terrible fit of rage, I had killed my friend, Jim McCarthy. I was going to be hung at sunrise. There was no hope. I must die. Slowly, the great steel door swung open, and four guards entered my cell. One of them stepped a little in advance of the others. Come, he said, and that was all. I rose tottering from my bench. I must die. I must leave the sunlight of the earth behind me. I had committed murder. I was led through the cold, bleak prison corridors and out into the lighted courtyard, where a number of people were gathered, prison officials and a few newspaper men. The scaffold stood before me, and with tottering legs I was assisted to the top. A black cap, a horrible thing spelling death, was fitted over my head and drawn tight around my neck. All was still about me. No one spoke. I felt the noose placed around my neck. The cold sweat broke out all over my body. I could scarcely stand. Death. Death. I was to know the feeling of that terrible rope in a few moments. Ready? said a sharp voice. I felt the earth slip from under me, and I shot into space. A feeling of suffocation, indescribably terrible, enveloped me, and a million sparks of fire seemed dancing before my eyes, though I could not see. I tried to scream, but could make no sound. Then something seemed to burst. My lungs were free. I gave a terrible cry. A voice from above came sharply down to me. What the devil's the matter with you, Bill? The ship gave a lurch and brought me wide awake. 
In the dim light of the cabin, I saw Jim McCarthy's face peering at me from the bunk above. Jim, I said, wiping my sweat-soaked face with the sheet. If you fill me up on any more your homemade hooch, I will kill you. The End Lobster Salad by Lord Dunsey I was climbing round the perilous outside of the palace of Colquam Hombros. So far below me that in the tranquil twilight and the clear air of those lands, I could only barely see them lay the craggy tops of the mountains. It was along no battlements or terrace edge I was climbing, but on the sheer face of the wall itself, getting what foothold I could where the boulders joined. Had my feet been bare, I was done. But though I was in my nightshirt, I had on stout leather boots, and their edges somehow held in those narrow cracks. My fingers and wrist were aching. Had it been possible to stop for a moment, I might have been lured to give a second look at the fearful peaks of the mountains down there in the twilight, and this must have been fatal. That the thing was all a dream is beside the point. We have fallen in dreams before, but it is well known that if in one of those falls you ever hit the ground, you die. I had looked at those menacing mountaintops and knew well that such a fall as the one I feared must have such a termination. Then I went on. It is strange what different sensations there can be in different boulders. Everyone gleaming with the same white light and everyone chosen to match the rest by minions of ancient kings. When your life depends on the edges of every one you come to, those edges seem strangely different. It was of no avail to overcome the terror of one, for the next would give you a hold in quite a different way, or hand you over to death in a different manner. Some were too sharp to hold, and some too flush with the wall. Those whose hold was the best crumbled the soonest. Each rock had its different terror. And then there were those things that followed behind me. And at last I came to a breach made long ago by earthquake, lightning, or war. I should have had to go down a thousand feet to get around it, and they would come up with me while I was doing that. For certain sable apes that I have not mentioned as yet, things that had tigerish teeth and were born and bred on that wall, had pursued me all the evening. In any case, I could have gone no further. Nor did I know what the king would do along whose wall I was climbing. It was time to drop and be done with it, or stop and wait those apes. Then it was that I remembered a pin, thrown carelessly down out of an evening tie, and another world to the one where grew that glittering wall. Lying now, if no evil chance had removed it, on a chest of drawers by my bed. The apes were very close and hurrying, for they knew my fingers were slipping, and the cruel peaks of those infernal mountains seemed sure of me than the apes. I reached out with a desperate effort of will toward where the pin lay on the chest of drawers. I groped about. I found it. I ran it into my arm. Saved. The End and on the way home,
we heard great-grandfather mumbling in his sleep. Such marvelous stories, he said. Such marvelous stories. I haven't heard these since I was a child. And he promptly fell back asleep.